Welcome to the Ideas That Matter podcast. In a world where self-proclaimed thought leaders and talking heads feed you ideas that matter to them, this show is about ideas that matter to the rest of us. I'm Kent. And I'm Nadia. And today we talk about social media and generations. Targeting advertising to the different generations, Generation Z, which nobody's paying attention to, privacy, transparency, community, honesty in business, all kinds of great stuff. Let's dive right in. <laughs> awesome. So I've been just browsing the internet and I stumbled upon some very interesting statistics about social media. And one statistic that really stood out to me was that people aged 55 to 64 years old are more than twice as likely to engage with branded content on social media than those uh, 28 or younger. Which is kind of crazy to me because uh, more than twice as likely is a huge difference. It's just very interesting to me because I know that there's this misconception that uh, social media advertising is very effective. And I guess it can be, but it turns out that not for uh, all age groups. So if you want to sell a pencil to a parent for their kids, some kind of really awesome rainbow pencil, uh, you might actually have some success, but you, you should aim for that older parent. Yeah, yeah, I guess it makes sense. And also, younger folks are less sensitive to sponsored content. They're more suspicious of sponsored content. And there's another interesting statistic that I found is that uh, 96% of the people that discuss brands online do not follow those brands' own profiles. So young people might actually be discussing the brands online, but they just might not be clicking on some kind of Facebook ad that pops up in front of them. Even if we look at Gen Z, uh, the kids who are just growing up and they're teenagers and they will have huge purchasing power uh, in the next few years, um, you know, they are consumers online, but they just consume information and they consume products differently. And uh, their purchasing behavior is very different. So it's just something to consider when you when you market things online. And I think at the core of all of this are the differences between how people communicate and, you know, how people use social media in general. Right, so there are ways that we kind of break down the generations in general and and there's a little bit of debate around it but you know um my dad and up he was born in 1945 and he, he and up they're called like the silent generation world war ii generation and then we've got the boomers that come down to i guess president obama is right at the tail end of that uh and then we've got the gen x and i i was born at the very end of gen x and then we've got the millennials and i was born at the very start of the millennials and you were born at the very end of the millennials right and then you said gen z yeah well you know gen z um i think the reason why they don't really have a name yet is because no one really cares about them uh they don't have um a big purchasing power yet 
for example, my brother is 13 years old, he is, he is Gen Z, and um, he's online all the time, but he doesn't have any income to spend on products. So that's why no one cares about them. But, um, you know, we should care about them because only maybe five years from now, they will buy a lot and they will buy online. And they're gonna they're gonna enter the workplace real soon, right? So right now they're they're the first the first pieces of that generation are in college, and uh, I mean uh, there are toddlers in that kind of same generation, and they're they're you know people call them the digital natives. You know I'm like a complete digital immigrant. I you know, I I didn't have email before college. I mean, I found a couple of statistics myself. So 92% of teenagers are online every single day, 92%. So this is just, this is just part of their life. Yeah, exactly. It is part of their life and they know how to handle social media and they know how to have, um, you know, a balanced life. And it's interesting that you mentioned how, you know, um, you had to kind of adjust when, um, you know, you had to get on social media, you had to learn how to use it. And I think it's the case for most millennials and, you know, those who are at, at both ends of the millennial group. Um, this is kind of this transitional generation where we had to adjust and I had to adjust. And, you know, when I was a, a kid, I didn't use social media, even though it was there, it was already there, but I didn't use it. It, was, it wasn't a big part of my life, so I didn't have to, to kind of um, grow up with it. But, um, but Gen Z, they're natives, exactly, and they don't see a problem in social media. They were born when, when social media was already here, so they just accept it as a part of their life. And that's why they use it differently. And um, I think they understand it better. And even though um, you see that they're online all the time, but I think it doesn't interfere with their um, real lives, if you want to call it real lives. Because they, they know exactly how to handle the issues of privacy and you know transparency and things like that. You know, there's this whole debate about social media privacy and people argue about what you should post and things you shouldn't post on social media and how you need to keep your accounts private so no one can see it. And my brother, he doesn't understand this debate. He's like, you know, everyone knows this. Why would you even worry about it? You know, there are some things you do and some things you, you just never do because it's common sense. It's like trying to explain to a millennial that you shouldn't walk around naked. Um you know, in the streets. It's just common sense. And to them, to, to, to Gen Z kids, it's common sense that you shouldn't post certain things on social media, that you shouldn't, for example, disclose your uh, location and things like that. So it's just a very, very different, very different just perception of social media and the issue of privacy. You're equating like walking around on a public street with social media, which is kind of awesome because in a way, you walk through New York City, there's there are all these people there. I mean, you could literally stop every person and be like, hey, how are you doing? You know, and, and say, you know, what are you up to today? You know, um, where that you don't really do that in New York City, but in a small town in Iowa, you might do that, walk around and, and say hi to somebody, sit down, talk. Um, and social media is kind of like that. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you can have different circles of friends and you can have different levels of privacy. And even on Facebook and on other social media platforms, you can control privacy to some extent. Most people don't do it. And most people aren't even aware that there are different levels of privacy you can use to protect yourself. But it's there. The tools are there. And I think the younger folks understand it better and they just know how to use those tools and how to protect their privacy online because it's so necessary for them. If they're spending 90% of their time online, I I mean, um, you have to do it. different on social media Uh, that's for sure and it it helps us kind of like fly our freak flag or or do or or fit in or do whatever you want to do find your little community but really quickly i want to like think about the generations and kind of divide them up because because you and i have had some great conversations around this and i can start out by saying you know my my dad who's who's 70 um he's in that the very tail end of the silent generation before the boomers came around. And when he was a kid, they were around the table and, you know, it was like, uh, you know, uh, you, you don't speak at the table, you know, you just listen. And it was a very different culture. You go outside and play and all that kind of thing. The old classic upbringing. And when it comes to computers, it's all about privacy for him. So you're talking about Gen Z thinking about privacy. It's coming full circle from that generation where, where they're like, oh, there's somebody outside the house in a van and they're, they're, they're hacking into our Wi-Fi. And no, they're not. Yeah, you know, well, to me, it, it is a cycle. I see a very uh, clear cycle um, in how um, the understanding of privacy online changed from boomers to um, Gen X, to Gen Y, and to Gen Z. So they saw what can happen when you disclose uh, too much information online. They have a lot of examples that show, you know, the things you shouldn't do online. And now they have this fear of the known because they know what can happen. And then the generations in between you know, it was this time of transition, kind of, when people would stumble and they would try things and some things would work and then people would fail. And uh, there are so many stories where people, um, you know, destroy their careers or families or, you know, there are terrible stories just because people didn't uh, pay enough attention to what they put online. When you talk about kind of destroying your your family and career and things. I, I have a there's a there's a story in, in the past in my family where where one of my one of the patriarchs way back when had uh, three different families um, and it was back in the day. It's kind of like that Mad Men uh, sort of plot where you can have multiple families and affairs and all that kind of stuff because there wasn't the internet and there wasn't like this open sort of transparent culture. So it has been fascinating um, the the positive trend of like you've got to be more honest. You've got to be, you know, if you're a politician, you can't say stupid stuff. Or if you do say it, people will see it, you know. Um, And then the other thing that I think is a positive is globalization. Like the millennials, they're like, yeah, so what? Um, I have a friend in France. It used to be like, you have a pen pal in France. That was a huge deal, you know, and it's really broken down barriers globally. (laughs) 
I think the implications of uh, these trends in business are huge. And I'm very happy to see things changing for the better in terms of transparency in business. And in a way, it's more difficult to, um, you know, win over customers. And especially if you're dealing with millennials and, you know, younger people, uh, as the statistics show, it's very difficult to advertise to younger people. But on the other hand, it it helps uh, businesses and consumers kind of... um, you know, create better products and better services because you have to be very transparent. You have to listen to your followers and to your consumers. You have to be authentic online. And, you know, it, it goes for our personal lives, but it's also huge, huge in business. If you want to market to boomers and they're grandparents now, uh, some of them are still parents, but, you know, mostly grandparents. And well, where are they? Obviously, they are on Facebook, you know, more and more. And uh, well, how do you get to them? How do you reach them? Uh, what does it look like uh, for a boomer to be in social media and online? They want to stay in touch with their family and they spend a lot of time on Facebook um, and things uh, as simple as Facebook ads are still very effective. And, you know, you definitely need to test the message, but Facebook advertising is still pretty effective when you're dealing with boomers. For If you're targeting uh, younger generations, say um, Gen X or millennials, then maybe you should go on Twitter. But generally, the younger your audience is, the more difficult it is to... Um, get positive returns on any sponsored content and uh, advertising. So if you're targeting younger people, then you should probably go for just building a community and uh, being very transparent because then peer pressure and peer reviews uh, come into play and they're way more important than uh, spending time on social media advertising. I sort of have always believed that every generation is the same and they crave community, but it's that the the medium has changed. So, you know, my dad still talks about back in the day where you could just knock on somebody's door and, and sit in their living room, you know, and then uh, for boomers, what was that? And for millennials, what was that? And for Gen Z, is it that they've got a headset on and they're they're playing a video game with somebody? Uh, but you brought up a really interesting concept about that where we were talking about the idea of a friend. And you actually said, well, even today, um, in a super hyper-connected world, uh, Gen Z and millennials, um, they're going to they're gonna create a friendship and then go online with it most of the time. So there's this belief that older folks use social media to connect with their existing friends and then younger people use social media to make friends. And I actually think the gap is slowly disappearing. And I think younger people are using social media more to meet people in real life too. And um, even if you look at the apps that are trending right now, most of them are messaging apps and apps where you can meet people in real life, you know, like dating apps and uh, chat applications. And the sort of big uh, 
social media apps, they're they're becoming messaging apps, right? Like Facebook is rolling out its like super messaging features. They're trying to like become a messaging app, just like Snapchat and just like some of those. Yeah, exactly, because they have to compete. You know, applications like Kick or WhatsApp or WeChat, Viber, there are so many of them and uh, they're growing very quickly, especially overseas, because people want to be connected. People stay connected across uh, continents and, you know, people on different sides of the ocean want to stay connected and they use chat apps. And I think one of the reasons why messenger apps are becoming so increasingly popular because people want to um, get rid of a lot of information noise. You know, it's very difficult to control information noise on Facebook or Twitter. If you if you want to be connected with a lot of friends, you will open your feed and it ju- it's just crazy. But if you're using a messenger app, you can use it just for communication. And I think we're going back to where social media and, you know, any applications for communication online are only for communication and not just for putting out content. And for businesses, it's also very important to consider this because if if you're a business and you have a social media account, it's not about just producing content, you have to communicate. And it's, you know, it becomes all about engagement and communicating with real people and actually taking their opinion into consideration. There's a bunch of messaging apps out there. How does a company break in there? I mean, you've got this closed community of 50 friends that you're hanging out with and you're really intimate with. I mean, how does how does a startup or an app possibly advertise to that group? Being transparent and building a community around something you believe in is very important. And, um, you know, just having a product and creating content is not enough. You have to appeal to people's emotions. I love that video of the woman putting on the Chewbacca mask. I mean, it's hilarious to just sit and watch that because she just she's cracking up laughing and it it's gotten millions of views online with, uh, you know, due cause. But there's emotion, true emotion in that thing. (laughs) Exactly, it's real and it's not an ad, but I'm sure that sales for this mask went up dramatically. Um, so, you know, it just shows you how different it is, how the marketing world changed and what it takes to sell. I mean, it's difficult, <laughs> it's very hard um, because y- before you would create an ad, okay, and if you did something right, if you're using the right colors, the right copy, the right image, you can hope that it will work. But now it takes much more than that. You have to actually get into people's heads and you need to be real with them and you can't get away with having a bad product, for example. People will destroy you online. You, you can't get away with it anymore. of teens right now have access to cell phones or smartphones, and 90% of those teens exchange texts. 
um, the average teen sends 30 texts a day. I mean, this is this is what we were talking about, and even more messaging and all of that. This is this is it's the new communication form. Um, and I, another really fascinating thing I wanted to throw into the mix is the the, the dominance of. You know, as a writer, I always think about the five senses, smell and touch and all the good stuff. But but visuals are so important. And you see on Facebook that they even turn the sound off for all videos. And so you're seeing a lot of, you know, um, texts uh, superimposed onto videos and things. So let's let's get into the personal a little bit. I think in in an age of social media where like you've got a picture on every single network and then you got this little blurb about you, everyone has to have like copy about themselves and and sites and all this different stuff. What's your brand? I think my brand is like an ideal picture of myself. <laughs> Someone I aspire to be almost. And my, my online brand is very important to me. And I think I invest a lot of time and effort um, into maintaining my brand online. There's so many social media haters out there and all of us hate some part of social media, I swear. If you don't, you're an, you're an exception to the rule. But what do you hate about social media? I, I'm not an exception. <laughs> I do hate some things about social media. And one of the things I hate the most is how difficult it is to balance um, your online life and real life. So I don't like uh, this feeling of spending most of my life in the virtual world, even though I do connect mostly with people that I know in real life. So to me, it's still a struggle. I know for my younger brother, it's not. He doesn't care. He doesn't understand how it can be a problem because he never knew anything different. You know what I mean? So... Um, I actually wanted to ask you the same question. You know, you mentioned that you didn't have email till college. So how did social media change for you over the past 10, 10, 15 years? How is it different now? What I'm amazed by, uh, is what's happened. I mean, I was, I was in the MySpace uh, group. I mean, we, we were all amazed by MySpace. And then it, it still fascinates me that MySpace just disappeared, essentially. I mean, it's kind of still there. But this guy, Tom, like he was your first friend and, and you saw his picture and it was this one picture and it was iconic. Um, and, and before that, I mean, Facebook, when it emerged, even, even Google, I mean, it was like there are all these engines that would allow you to connect with pieces of yourself that you, you weren't allowed to, you couldn't connect with before. And uh, the amazing thing about Facebook, it's kind of, you know, the, the blush is kind of worn off the rose. But uh, at the beginning, it was like, wow, I, I actually found out that my friend from elementary school is okay. I was worried about him. Or um, families who like 
aren't you know talking to each other I've, I've seen stories like this where all of a sudden they'll start kind of the conversation again through social media just through a couple pictures and that kind of thing it's amazing as a connector for people but it, obviously it cuts both ways so it's it's been also fascinating as an educator and as a, a leader in an educational institution for a while to see the the terrible effect of bullying and that kind of thing in social media In terms of business, you know, the business landscape on social media, do you think it changed in any way? For example, the way you communicate with clients or the way you find clients or the way you build your business brand online? It's changed so quickly and it changes from week to week and from day to day. And um, trying to keep up with that is fascinating to me. Um, and a lot of people just are like, forget about it and they don't try to keep up with it. But um, what, what I believe is happening is it's heading towards transparency. So the more you're real, the more you have a brand, the more you have a story, the more you open up and say, here's who I am and here's what I, why I do what I do and what I do actually matters because the more you use that, those stories about your business and about yourself uh, into the future, the better off you're going to be. And actually, if, if we look back into the past, this is actually a super old thing, right? The more honest and transparent you are, um, the more people will trust you and, the, and the, the, better, the better off you'll be in business. I agree. And it's interesting that you mentioned transparency because, you know, when I was thinking what matters to me the most in this conversation, I think it's transparency. And I think it's extremely important that businesses work towards having more transparency online and having more transparent and genuine uh, conversations with their consumers because it helps everyone. I think it help it helps businesses improve and it helps consumers um, you know increase increase their trust in brands and it helps consumers uh, receive better services and better products. And I think it also makes people feel better and more secure when you know that you're uh, you're talking to real people. That it's not just a brand, you know, it's a, it's a community of people making something and they're open to a two-way converse, conversation between a business and a consumer. I think it's very important. I think what, what amazes me the most, um, so what matters to me the most about this conversation and, and what we've been talking about today is that um, our brains as humans are so uniquely um, uh, uh, built and, and, and wired uh, to have relationships and emotional interactions with other people. And the, the globalized uh, world uh, of the internet has allowed us to um, connect with like-minded people across continents, across age groups, across gender, across uh, all kinds of cultures and even languages. Uh, so on Facebook, for example, you can write a message and your friend in Germany can see it translated into their language. Or um, a message can be shared by my friend in Korea and I can read it uh, in English. And all kinds of things like this that are making the world a smaller place. And I think the key is instead of racking up followers or, or, or doing all this you know, SEO where you're pack, word, packing words into the Internet, um, everything's going towards, you know, 
I interact with these five people here, these 40 people here, these seven people here, and it builds this community. It's a strange looking community, but these are these like-minded people. And I think you and I are a great example of this. We're different ages, we're uh, different genders, we, we grew up different places, and yet we have these, these ideas that mesh in certain ways. And that's where the beauty is of the internet and of social media, I think, uh, moving forward. Social media is also a very powerful equalizer and it's a platform for people to express their opinion. So uh, it also makes people feel more, more secure because they know that they can have their opinion heard and they can complain if they don't like a service, if they don't like a product, if they don't like their leader. You know, people can express all kinds of personal or political opinions. It doesn't matter what it is, but it helps people feel safe in a way that they can um, influence things and they can have their opinion heard in their community and they can make a difference. And I think uh, it's it's just amazing. It's just amazing to see how powerful social media can be. And even last week, you know, there were some uh, unpleasant uh, events that happened and they were all over news. And, you know, some people um, take different sides and people believe, believe that maybe uh, there was some injustice and people are fighting for it on social media. And it, it's just very inspiring to me. So I think... Um, Social media is a great tool to uh, bring people together and improve the current situation, no matter if it's in their daily life, politics, or in business. Dealing with fear uh, online, uh, depending on your generation, it looks different, but um, you know, are you afraid of uh, exposing yourself or should you be? On the one hand, obviously, there is some fear for my privacy, but I think being transparent is more important. And obviously, you do need to protect your personal information, but you have to be transparent about your ideas and what you do and what kind of person or brand uh, or business you are online. So if you're... If you're on social media, personally, have a good time, right? And if you're on social media for business, just uh, put your ear to the ground and listen to what uh, your demographic wants. Social media is uh, above everything else. It is a, a tool for communication. So as a business, I think you should remember that communication needs to be two-way and you should, you should listen to your followers and to your consumers and you will be better off as a business that way. We'd love to hear what matters to you the most. Please reach out to us by email, ideas at ideasthatmatter.co. present ever to myself wow oh my goodness y'all have an incredible day it's the simple joys <laughs> <laughs>